My next guest on Tea Time is Sarah Davison, the divorce coach. Sarah shares how she became a well-known coach after the breakdown of her marriage. She's written books called The Split and Uncoupling, as well as run retreats in a bid to help people deal with their heartache. You immediately feel comfortable with Sarah as soon as you meet her. In a very organised way, she broaches matters of the heart. Sarah has had a TV series called Heartbreak Hotel and has now launched a new podcast, Heartbreak to Happiness, to help people through lockdown. Sarah and I chat candidly about our previous relationships, how we moved on and more. Welcome to Tea Time with me, Ali Monjack. How are you? I'm great, Ali. Thanks so much for inviting me. I'm really chuffed to be your guest. Thank you. Oh, no problem at all. So um, I remember last time we spoke, I mean, obviously, this was before the pandemic, would you believe? Uh, you, you were very busy with your breakaways that you provide, don't you, for, for people when they're going through terrible heartache? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm best known, I guess, as the divorce coach. So I help people through any kind of heartbreak, separation, divorce, whether that's one-to-one coaching with me or with one of my accredited coaches who trained with me, or I run retreats. Now, I think when we spoke, I was running live retreats in person where we're allowed to see people in real life. So now they are online. I've called them Heartbreak to Happiness Retreats. And they're like a six-week program where there's six live webinars with me and a video program really to help people move on and let go. Because as you know, Ali, there's a lot more breakups right now because of COVID and the pressures it's putting on relationships. And this really, this week is sort of a time to reflect, isn't it, about, you know, divorce, breakup and and what that means for everybody as well, like a sort of an awareness week, I suppose. Yeah, I think a lot of law firms have reported an increase in uh, year on year increase in divorce. So people requesting information on divorce are actually trying to action it. January is always the big month for divorce requests because it's always come after Christmas, which is a time where people, funnily enough, spend quality time with their partners. So what happens during that time is if there are any cracks, then that is the time where the relationship can really suffer um, because of the tensions of Christmas anyway. But then this year, given the fact that we've had the pandemic and people have been enforced into their homes to spend time with their loved ones in four walls it's really been so much pressure and put another level of stress and anxiety with people worrying about being sick and not seeing loved ones um coping with grief but also the anxiety of financial pressures and just the uncertainty of what's going to be ahead so Stuart's law released some figures I think last week which was saying that they've seen from July to October an increase in a 122% increase in requests about getting divorced than they did in in 2019 so there has been a huge huge spike which I suppose is understandable but it's but it's very sad I mean as a divorce coach uh I mean I know we spoke at length because obviously you know that you know I I split from my husband but you know we did sort of talk about that that emotional well-being and you know how it affects your your being and I suppose at the moment everything is accentuated as we know because of lockdown do you think 
that because of the pandemic, that people are going to be feeling even worse than they have before, more sort of, again, accentuated, because I suppose that what we are learning in lockdown with mental health as well, is that, you know, it's really quite poignant, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's putting so much more pressure on people. And I think, yeah, I have I have a couple at the moment, and um, yeah, I'm I'm I I'm dealing with one of them, the wife, but she and her husband have been married very very happily for 16 years. But their if I describe a little bit about their relationship, so they they have kids and they're 15 and 17, I think, so they're slightly older kids, so they're quite independent anyway. So they both this couple, they both get up in the morning, they both go off to work. And then they come back in the evening and usually they're off with friends. So she has her little bubble. He has his little bubble of friends and they go off and they socialize. Well, when we could do that, that was how their relationship was working. They come together for family meals. They do things at the weekend, maybe together. But even at the weekend, she'd be playing tennis. He was playing golf. You know, they had their own social lives, but they loved each other very, very much. But the dynamic of their relationship worked because they had a degree of independence and freedom to be themselves. That's how they'd always be from day one. They weren't one of those couples that were like, you know, always together, holding hands, walking down the street. They loved each other. It just wasn't the dynamic that their relationship had. So now, obviously, they are inside together 24-7, apart from the trip to the supermarket and going out for, for the walk. And what they're finding is that it's really destroying their relationship because neither of them thrive in that kind of environment. They need their friends. They need that um, sort of extracurricular activity with friends and other things to, to survive. So that relationship, which would have most likely lasted the test of time, has fallen apart, unfortunately, because they just can't work in that, in that environment. So, you know, that's one example. But I know there's other people, even people that are happy to be together, those frustrations will build. You know, you, someone, say, drops their trousers on the floor um, consistently every morning, then they go off to work. You know, you can kind of just deal with it over the next half an hour and get on with it. But if they're still there and then they left their coffee mug and then they've left the Lucy up and then they've done something else or they, or they, or they haven't done something that you ask them to do, that's continuous and that builds and stacks. And quite often, you know, even those relationships which where people love being together, it's just too much. So unfortunately, we're seeing the breakdown of relationships that, that wouldn't have broken down if it wasn't for COVID. So my advice would be, hang on in there. Don't make any big decisions at this point because hopefully we are going to get back to normal at some point and maybe then you can you can repair what's gone on. So, I mean, you know, you are the divorce coach. We, we know that. So, I mean, obviously you have become what you've become because of your own life experience. And I mean, you had a pretty horrible time of it didn't you really yeah I had um, a tough divorce because I didn't see it coming and I was coaching at the time you know I had a global business with my ex and we were both into sort of coaching and self-help and development but I just didn't see my divorce coming and it hit me like a freight train and pulled the rug out from underneath my feet my son was only one and my ex moved on really, really quickly, met someone. She became pregnant within literally a couple of months of me finding out that he wasn't in love with me anymore. And they started a family. And you know, I was working with my ex. So in fact, I've just done a podcast on that because working with your ex is really tough when you are absolutely heartbroken and devastated and feeling betrayed and hurt because you kind of got to show up. We had, 
we had 150 staff. So I had to show up every day and I had to run meetings and be in the same room. And it was just very, very difficult. Um, and suddenly becoming a single parent, again, I never thought that I would ever be in that boat. And I was scared of that, you know, obviously love it now. It's awesome. But, you know, at the time I didn't realise, you know, the, the upsides of it and the benefits. Um, so I was scared and I you know, just not knowing what the future holds is, is really scary, which is why actually I do what I do. Because going through that time, I was absolutely devastated. I was thinking, gosh, I'm a coach and I'm struggling to control my emotions. And I've spent years studying how to dial down the negative emotions and, and so I thought, gosh, I've got to have to, I'm going to have to really dig deep and combine my coaching experience, which was about 15 years at that point, with this unknown sort of breakup, but also legal nightmare of divorce as well. So you get thrown into that whole legal world, which I didn't understand the jargon and the lawyers, all very intimidating and, and scary, um, especially receiving letters from aggressive lawyers. That's just terrifying. And so sort of trying to manage my way through that, I combined all my experiences and put together a program that really helped me get through and helped me parent my son and keep myself together, which is what was in my first book, Uncoupling. And then uh, it just took off. It really just took off. The media got hold of my breakup recovery retreats, the live ones, and dubbed them Heartbreak Hotel. And I did a TV show called Heartbreak Hotel in Ireland. So yeah, it all just kind of took off from there because... I wanted to share what I'd done. I didn't want that just to be my pain and suffering. I wanted to turn that into something that could help other people so they didn't have to feel the way I did. So, yeah, that's what how it all came about, really, thanks to my ex-husband. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, ex-husband. I'm going to thank him too, actually, because, you know... <laughs> I do think you are you are remarkable Sarah I really do and uh, you know you you've given many great tips to people you know to keep them going and, and I know I mean I, I still haven't as I said legally um done the deed <laughs> well, we won't talk about that yeah. on the podcast um, <laughs> but uh yeah I mean it it is it's a minefield when you spit up from somebody uh, I do understand that and you know, when we were first introduced to, to, to read some of the stuff that you'd written and some of the, the, the broadcasts that you've done, I, I just think are amazing because you've broken it down for people. And I think the thing is when you're going through some something like that, which is so overpowering, isn't it? The whole thing of it is just completely overpowering. You don't really know what to feel first, do you? So, no. Uh, you from all sides I think I mean you know depending on what you've gone through I mean I was overwhelmed sad angry felt betrayed you know just complete shock and I think a lot of people go through that other people their relationships fizzle out over a long period of time that doesn't necessarily make it more painful to split up because you've got to learn to be self-reliant you've got to think about facing the future as a single person um, which actually surprisingly can give you a whole sense of freedom that maybe you underestimate before you actually leave. I don't know if you found that that suddenly oh, you're. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I couldn't go back, Sarah. I really couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't doing it again. I really can't. No. Not ever getting married again. You couldn't imagine getting married again. Well, you know, like your your couple that you've just spoken about. I mean, I really think that you know that that he'd have to have a totally separate thing going on 
you know, I'm not even sure that, I, I mean, I, I don't know, it'd have to be totally the right person, obviously, but I'm not even sure that I could live together with that person. I know it is, it is interesting. And I found that actually interviewing some people recently, I spoke to Jason Bell on, on my podcast, Heartbreak to Happiness recently, and he's in a re- long relationship now. He was married, divorced, and he's got some really interesting ways of keeping their marriage alive, which is quite controversial, but involve other people, shall we say. <laughs> um, and it's, it's an interesting, open sort of relationship, although they love each other so much and they've got a great relationship. I know them both very well. But yeah, it's fascinating what works for different people. I think second time round, we do things very differently, don't we? I think, you know, I mean, living with somebody when you've had that freedom would be interesting especially if you've got kids and then you've got kids you know bringing them into their home yeah that's an interesting dynamic but I would never say never because you know if you fall in love and you meet someone who, who fits your life you know it, it can really I mean I've got so many clients who have fallen in love turned their life around and it's been really like the fairy tale ending and they're glad they went through all that trauma with hindsight because now they're even happier than they could have ever been so it is an interesting one for sure there is that, isn't there? I mean, I, I think that probably my ex is, is probably not right for me. There is that as well, isn't there? So. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that, that sort of ultimate realisation, isn't it? You, you realise that actually you've perhaps been walking down a garden path with someone and really it wasn't the same garden path as they thought they were walking down. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah, I love that analogy. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it starts off being the one that you both think you want. But, you know, time is, you know, we grow up, we change, we have traumatic events in our life. You know, we, our careers take off in different directions. We meet different people. I think we all change, you know, especially for relationships where you met younger in life, before you've really figured out who you were. You know, then we sort of go on this journey and we grow up together. And then suddenly you're out and you're in your 30s, 40s, you're like, hang on you're nothing like me now. We've sort of changed. So I, I'm not a believer that there's one person for everyone. And if that doesn't work, you're done or you don't meet them, you're done. I think there's different people in that out in the world. I mean, think about the planet, <laughs> you know, that's one person. Your ex is one person. Maybe you've got two or three exes. They're, they're just two or three people on the entire planet. And there's other people that can, you know, be just as good, if not better for you. And if you've outgrown them or they don't want to be with you anymore, that's really the same thing. You don't, you know, it's not right to be together. And being in a toxic relationship is very damaging. So I've, I think it's important to know that being single is, is okay. It's much better to be single than being in a toxic relationship. And then you go on that voyage of discovery, don't you? You start thinking, well, actually, I didn't really like that so much. Next time around, I want someone that's a little bit more independent or someone that's a little bit more maybe emotionally intelligent or somebody that can pick me up and make me feel better rather than me constantly looking after them, you know, or someone that's actually an adult rather than a kid. So, you know, we sometimes I hear all this from my clients and they're like, yeah, next time around, it's just about learning who you are. And I think if you can go on that sort of develop self-development, self-discovery journey, which is what I do a lot with my clients, is really sort of peeling back the layers to think, well, who am I? What makes me tick? What do I want to do differently? Because it's a great time to do a big detox of your life, sort of spring clean all the things you don't like, don't want, don't want to tolerate anymore out, and then putting in all the things you do want and the people you do want to spend time with and sort of realising what's important to you. So next time around, you're not making the same mistakes. You keep making the same mistakes. Life's going to keep teaching you the same mistake until you go, 
I'm learning it. Otherwise, it's going to keep slapping you around the face going, have you learned it yet? No. Have you learned it yet? No. So we kind of have to learn the lesson and bank it and go, right, I'm not going to date someone who lies or who doesn't pick their clothes up or whatever it is for you. You know, I'm going to, you know, and then focusing on what you do want. So I think that that's important. If you go through that journey, you're more likely to to find somebody because you know what you want rather than what you don't want. So, yeah, I would I would never say never. And I'd definitely be open minded because there's lots of fun out there, you know, but it doesn't have to be Mr. Right or Miss Right. It could be Mr. or Miss Right now, obviously. That can be fun. Absolutely. I agree with you. I think I just, for me personally, I've got to a stage where I know who I am. I know what I want. And obviously I just haven't found him yet. Hey. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, but there's always time. Anyone listening? Anyone listening? Ali's looking. <laughs> <laughs> Ali's perhaps, no. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think that 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 is the key. But, I mean, that that, that is really interesting in so far as you know people don't realize that you know perhaps when they're going through a divorce they they also think that they already know themselves don't they that they really know themselves and when they sort of coupled in the relationship originally you know they that it's that old expression isn't it you know you aren't the same person as you were five years ago um, and I think, you know, you, you've really kind of changed because as you grow, you develop and you learn more and we experience more as people, you know, as adults, as you grow. So and I think there's there's a bit of a myth. Is, isn't that right? That, you know, by by the time you're 25, you're a grown up. And I don't think you are, you know, I, I'm I've got a big birthday this year, Sarah. And Ooh. I'm. Um, you look absolutely amazing so anyone out there she's looking hot (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks we're right back at you so (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no I I I do I do think that you know that that we just completely change as people don't we really yeah I think time you know we all change and sometimes you can grow in sync with your partner and you can you know develop new interests together um and go on that journey together but you know sometimes you can't sometimes life takes you in different directions and I don't really like the term outgrow each other because you know I don't think one person is more involved than the other always you know sometimes it's just it's different paths and we just want different things um maybe we always did but actually it worked with the kids and the distractions of everyday life um and when the kids leave home it's a bit like oh my goodness who is sitting there across the breakfast table you know I do not want to stay in and watch cricket I want to go out and do something you know I mean sometimes it's it's always been there but other times we we just change and and that's okay you know we don't have to end you know acrimoniously we can you know stay friends like Gwyneth Paltrow and her conscious uncoupling is awesome if you can do it now unfortunately not everybody can and if one of you is hell-bent on causing trouble then you're going to end up what I call aggressively severing anyway. But, um, you know, if you can do it amicably, obviously that's always the nicest thing because you can then keep the friendship and keep those happy memories alive um, and move on to, to phase two, the next exciting chapter. But you have managed to do that, haven't you? You are a success story in, in your own right. I mean, obviously you have a child with your ex. You, you know, you've got your son, your, your little boy. So you've managed to really rather amicably 
<laughs> I will say this uh, rather amicably because, you know, I, I am the person that severed their ex, but <laughs> <laughs> personally, but do you see what I mean? I, I think, you know, that that's really quite admiring that you were able to do that because, you know, life is about relationships, isn't it? And, and yeah, I mean, it hasn't always been amicable um, and it can be difficult, you know, I mean, two very different people um and I think the interesting thing is you and I've learned this you know probably the hard way but when you're co-parenting with somebody that has very different values or beliefs and I see it with my clients all the time you know people saying well you know bedtime's different there or their screen time is different there or you know just there's different rules different ways of parenting especially with the younger kids I know yours are a bit older so they can really do their own thing but when kids are young it's very hard sometimes to sort of appreciate that it's okay for things to be different and kids are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for quite often we put our own anxieties on them and thinking oh I've spent all this time doing bed at eight and bath time at seven and a bit of reading and, and they're not doing that uh, or they're allowed you know more screen time you know in a couple of years time you look back and that won't be relevant and you've got to learn to pick your battles you've got to learn to say you know what I can't worry about things I can't control because you drive yourself insane. And, you know, my experience, if you start sort of trying to pick a battle or bringing it up, it can make things even worse because then they could be, well, I don't like what you do and I don't like this or, you know, it could just escalate. So sometimes, you know, pick, obviously there's important issues, the bigger issues, obviously that is, is a different thing and you have to stand your ground. But on the sort of slightly smaller things, it's about taking a step back and thinking, you know what, if they go to bed an hour later, then maybe that's okay. At the end of the day, I can't change it. What can I control? I control what they do in my house and I control, you know, not to get too stressed about it and focus on other things. And also, you know, it's, you know, I I mean, you talk about, obviously you are a divorce coach and you're very, very aware of all of these issues, but when you do get a divorce and there's children involved, it's not just about you, is it? it? It's about these beautiful little people in your lives as well so it's important that they're they don't feel affected yeah it's about making sure that you know they still get the love and support that both parents are able to give them and be reassured that the breakup is nothing you know it wasn't their fault because kids will you know sometimes come to different conclusions in their head so reassuring them um obviously being honest with the truth that you know whatever the arrangements are going to be but you know just making sure that you know, you're there for them. And you can't, again, you can't control what your ex is going to do. If they're going to turn up late or they're not going to show up at all or they want involvement or they don't want involvement or they're going to FaceTime every minute when they're with you. You know, you, there's certain things you 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 can't really control. So it it's, really is about sort of focusing on the things that are important to you and making sure that the kids are okay. If they're happy, if they are, you know, you, you do the best for them, you do the right thing by the kids and don't get drawn into arguments or bad-mouthing your ex in front of them. That's all really important. I mean, kids are learning from you. They're learning what relationships are. They're learning how to cope with conflict. They're learning how to cope with, you know, life and parenting issues and bringing new partners into your kids' lives. How do you do that? And how do the kids react? You know, always put them at the center you know what's what's best for the kids and if you and your ex can do that what's best for the kids then that's a recipe for happy children and you know that makes everything a lot easier when the kids are happy it's not always possible though if you've got a very difficult ex who causes problems all the time there are challenges and that's where you know coaches like me or my team come in to help with that because sometimes that is a bit of a minefield 
No, I, I can understand that. And, you know, I, I can remember going through, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm nearly five years down the line. So, and I mean, you know, the, the reason why we don't, we're not in contact is because he's in Spain, but so he lives in a different country. So yeah, that, that does make things easier, I have to say, yeah. in some ways. I imagine it does. It has its benefits. <laughs> yeah, it does have its benefits. So, but, you know, I, I remember the process of, going through well becoming me becoming you know this 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 woman that could stand on her own two feet and I mean I you know I'm talking as a woman I can't obviously talk as a man but you know I I imagine that it's both you know we both experience the same sort of hurt and anxiety and depression over because that those are the the emotions that that divorce brings up doesn't it even if you potentially wanted that split um doesn't always mean to say that you know you're just some heartless person that says all right yeah well I don't want this relationship anymore so bye-bye then you know yeah it doesn't matter which side of it you know quite often the clients that I have that have ended the relationship suffer maybe not as much from heartbreak because they wanted to leave but maybe from guilt and that is a very difficult emotion when you feel guilty you've done this to somebody else um, some people can get divorced with no guilt whatsoever and do horrendous things and not appear to show it any remorse for it. But, you know, the, there are people who do find it very difficult and they've had to make that decision. And that's, again, where putting in into place a structure where you best support your ex because you know them super well. So you know what they're going to need. You're not going to know where they're extra reliant on you and being able to plug those gaps maybe with other people or support from other organisations so that they're not on their own so much or they're not going to feel the whole brunt of it as if you just walked away. You, know, you can you can do it in a way which is very supportive. In fact, I've got some clients, um, a lovely lady, she's in her 70s, and it was a while ago now, it's been about three or four years ago, her and her husband decided they were going to get divorced because, again, it was the kids had gone and suddenly it was like, oh, geez, I don't really like you that much. But the challenge was they were of the generation where she had never driven her car outside their village because if it was driving, he would drive and they did everything together. He had never used the washing machine. He could do eggs on toast, but he really couldn't do much else. She'd never done online banking. So they were both had sort of stayed together probably a couple of years longer before they really talked about it because they were both scared of how they would cope. So what they decided to do was to spend six months teaching each other the skills that they each had that the other one was lacking. So Mm -hmm. they agreed that after six months, they would then face, you know, move out. And they would they would still stay. They actually stayed in the same village because they are still friends. But what they did was they taught each other the other skills so that they weren't left high and dry. So she has the confidence now to to drive outside of the town. He he can use a washing machine when he has a few hiccups with that still but you know you can do it so there's you know they've sort of taught each other and so now they're more self-reliant in themselves and they've moved on so that's quite a nice way of doing it I guess if you can now it's going to be some circumstances where that doesn't happen obviously and you just have to learn pretty quick but you know this is your chance to redesign your life just the way you want it like I said spring cleaning out all the all the stuff you want to detox people and friendships and behaviors and things you put up with maybe for years and years that you just don't need to tolerate anymore. You've got your freedom. You can choose, you know, you can wear bright pink nail varnish or wear leather trousers. One of my clients discovered, you know, and her husband hated them. Now she's got them in all different colors and she absolutely loves it. 
you know, this, you know, I've got guys, uh, a male client who's now started climbing, well, before pandemic, started joined a climbing club. He wanted to join, to climb Everest. But his wife never wanted him to. So she was too scared. I mean, pretty understandably, I guess. But, but you know, this you get your freedom back. So you can, you know, it's about looking at it like that, like uh, the opportunities rather than what you're missing. Try and shift your focus onto what you can now do that you could never have done before. You'll break up bucket list of things that, you know, you get really excited about and you think, gosh, if I've been in the relationship, you know what, even, you know, though I still, you know, think I didn't want it to end. Now I can do all these things. You, know, you have to take control of the thoughts you have because otherwise you can spiral out of control and it can be really tough. Uh, but we have a choice. We control the remote control to our brain. So it's up to us to actually use it. You're absolutely right. And, you know, it, it's really simple things like that. I think that, you know, when you're going through something like that, I mean, depending on what the situation is as well, but when you've been in a relationship for so long, I mean, I, I was in a relationship for the best part of 20 years. So mm. you, you, you almost become the, you know, the, how people talk about your other half. <laughs> you almost become the other half, don't you? So I, I can understand the sort of, you know, what, what a couple, one can work the washing machine and one can do this because... That's almost how it becomes in a relationship. One does this, one does that. And you just get into this complete routine, don't you? So when that routine comes to an end, I think it is about routine as well. I think once you start a new routine, uh, it, it gets easier, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, sometimes we don't like change. Well, actually, most human beings on the planet are, you know, frightened of change it's something that we're not comfortable with uncertainty and not knowing what lies ahead. So I think anything where we, we don't know what it's going to look like, you know, are we going to meet somebody else? Are we going to have friends? Are we going to feel lonely? But interestingly enough, I think a lot of us feel lonely in unhappy relationships. In fact, more, have, more lonely when you're in a marriage where you're not feeling loved or respected than you do when you're on your own. And yeah, you've got your friends though. You can, you know, there's still things you can do. It's tough in the pandemic, but you know, loneliness is interesting because there's lots of different types of that so yeah I think I think you're right and it's about thinking consciously I need to step up I need to do things differently I'm going to do some new things that excite me and that's how you tip the balance from focusing on the past and stop telling your sad story to everybody that asks you about it like the hairdresser or the butcher you know because that just re-anchors you back to all those negative and negative feelings so be really conscious about how many times you talk about your ex how many people you update on the story and try and swap that for something off your bucket list, which you're now planning to do, which is a lot more uplifting and is going to open up a lot more opportunities and a lot more upbeat conversation than just telling the same sad story over and over again. We all do it, but it's a trap that will keep you stuck. I think that's incredibly true. I really do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm only because we're, we're talking about divorce and it's you that, you know, I'm talking a little bit about you know yeah. what happened with me but normally I don't I do, it doesn't even enter my brain really you know yeah well five years on you've got a lot going on as well I mean you're doing really well with everything so it's great to see you looking so good and and so happy you know I think oh really, yeah yeah thank it's really you inspiring. it's really uh, inspiring yeah no no thank you that that's very kind it, it's um yeah it's, it, it is an interesting subject and I you know obviously I've 
you know, have friends that have been through divorce as well. And some people just are stuck in a rut, aren't they? They just can't move on from what was. And it's, yeah, it is sad. So, um, and you need to be be able to do that. And you need to do it for yourself as well, I think, really, don't you? You do. In my experience, Ali, a lot of us will do more for our kids than we'll do for ourselves, especially us mums. I think a lot of the time, oh yeah, but it's a bit tough and I'd rather go back to bed, pull the duvet over my head and eat crisps. But if we say, you know, well, actually, you know, you're a more role model for your kids and they're looking at you, they're watching how you're coping with this. If you could turn this around and obviously you're sad and it's okay to acknowledge those difficult emotions with kids because otherwise they'll think if you go through a tough time you stuff them down you don't talk about them which is not the healthy way of dealing with them obviously not bawling and sobbing in front of your kids but it's okay to say mommy's sad daddy's a bit angry or sad whatever but you know it's all about if if you've got a choice to step up and show your kids actually you can overcome difficult times in your life whether it's a breakup or you don't get the job you want or someone's betrayed or lied to you yeah you can go through those negative emotions but turn it around and show them how you know it might be you're exercising a bit more or you're hanging around with people that make you feel good about yourself or you're trying a new hobby or you're working harder or you're doing some positive things in your life that are turning it around shifting your focus asking yourself better questions like what can I do today that's going to make me happy you know, sharing those things with your kids, they're going to learn how to pull themselves out of tough times. And I think right now that's more important than anything, that if you can turn your breakup into something that is a valuable life lesson for your kids on how you can overcome difficult times in your life. Because kids these days, I mean, the suicide rate for teenagers is going through the roof. So different to when you and I were kids. So, you know, that there's a, a sort of attitude now that if something goes wrong, then that's it. Your rest of your life is ruined. But actually, if you can show them that actually, yeah, you know, you're sad, your marriage broke down. But look, you know, mum or dad or both, hopefully, have stepped back up, gone through that tough time. But look, they've gone on. They're even happier. They've redesigned their life in a way that actually there's a lot of things that they prefer now. And that is very inspiring. So, yeah, you've got to do it for you. But sometimes doing it for your kids is also another motivation. Oh, I think you're right. It's invaluable. I mean, you know, we'd be here all day if we, we sort of broached the subject of, of anxiety in children. And I think, you know, the internet largely fuels that, doesn't it? It really does as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where you, you see horror stories of, you know, mum and dad breaking up as well. And then you start to put two and two together and make five. So it, it's difficult but, you know, you need to be a, a clear parent, don't you? You need to step up to the, the breach, really. And you're right. I mean, I, you know, that, that has, has been an amazing experience for me, I think. And, and as for you, is motherhood. You know, I think it, it's the most, one of the most, well, it is the most amazing thing to me. I mean, I'm not, you know, some people choose not to have children and that's absolutely fine too. But you know, I, I think it's one of the most wonderful things that you can ever do in life because you're teaching a future generation. Well, you're literally teaching a future generation at the moment, aren't you? You're homeschooling. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Oh, my goodness. That's, uh, that's stress and anxiety right there for many, many people. But actually, if you can look at it like you get to spend extra time with your kids, especially if you're divorced and you've got your kids 50-50, then actually having them at home during the week means you get extra time with them. 
they may not want to spend time with you. My son's 12 and he wants to be in his playroom doing his stuff. But it is nice to have him in the house, that's for sure. So, I mean, there's always a silver lining and it. it's about training your brain to look for that, to sort of help you out when things are really tough and feeding your brain full of like positive, uplifting things, you know, like your podcast and things. It's just those things are really going to help people. And that's what people need right now. And it's, it's okay to ask for help or look, look for help um, because that's really a good way of helping yourself stay strong and get through this. So you can come out the other side. Sometimes the worst times in your life can turn out to be the very best times because you learn so much. You become somebody that you would never have dreamt you could become. Um, and if you can help other people along the way, that's really you know, a nice silver lining too. Definitely. And, and that's what you've done. So let's talk about your podcast, though, because, you know, you've done quite a few episodes now. And so it's called Heartbreak to Happiness. Uh, what, yeah. what else would it be called, Zara? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I love the name. I think, you know, I think a lot of people here out there struggling and podcasts are so easy, aren't they? You can, when you're off on your exercise walk at the moment, you can just tune in. And I'm trying to cover lots of different topics. You know, I'm taking questions from people. People are sending me DMs on Instagram and messaging me on Facebook saying, can you do one on this? So I've just recorded yesterday one, um, if you have to work with your ex. I know that's something I had to do for a, a long time. And it's incredibly difficult. But trying to make it things that people aren't really talking about, you know, like, um, you know, how, what to do when you take your wedding ring off, the things people don't tell you. You know, that, those sort of things that people go, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Or, yes, I'm worried about that. So I'm trying to address the sort of the practical issues as well as the emotional and psychological issues. And then also interviewing some great people who have been on their own divorce journey and come out the other side. You've got some interesting takes on, on what helps and what doesn't help so that people can see, you know, you're not alone. There are lots of people going through and sometimes it's just, you know, it's a bit of fun. It's infotainment. It's not you know too serious. It's not like a lecture or a seminar. It's, light-hearted entertainment with hopefully is going to help people too I think is you know you've hit the nail on the head it's all about relating isn't it so what is the funniest thing tip you've been given so far in your podcast um about you know helping yourself to cheer up or something and you thought okay <laughs> I think it was swinging I think that was that was an interesting one uh, somebody said that the, their relationship was successful because they uh, they swing now with their, their partner. That's how they their you know they they got divorced, went on, and now they've got this relationship where this really works. So that was a bit of a didn't see that one coming, and it was a bit of an exclusive. But yeah, it was good. So I mean, everybody copes in different ways, and it might not be for you. You know, I mean, <laughs> some comments going, "I'm going to try that, Sarah. That sounds great," and other people going, "Oh my goodness, I'd never do that." which is fine, but it's just good to see how other people cope, isn't it? And some people have thrown themselves into health and nutrition. Um, and uh, one of my, one of the people I interviewed actually, James and Claire, they're the midlife mentors, um, really fun. And, and Claire had lots of eating disorders and things. And she's now like an Adonis, her body is ripped and she's so super fit. And she went that way after her divorce. So, I mean, you know, there's lots of things that can help you and sort of change your mindset when you go through things so yeah everyone has different ways of coping so hopefully when people listen to heartbreak to happiness they'll find something that resonates with them and that they can use so i mean i think to be able to access that kind of material um where they can just hear other people talk about their experiences i think 
That's invaluable, isn't it? When you hear people actually talk about, you know, how they feel, why they feel that. I think I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I just think knowing you're not alone and knowing, okay, your situation might not be exactly the same, but there are other people out there going through this during the pandemic in the same situations, you know, men and women, all ages, all backgrounds. You know, it's heartbreaking and breakups are something that everybody experiences. You know, I mean, be 15 and go through your first heartbreak even younger these days probably and then you know all the way up to you know people that are in their 70s and 80s going through it as well I mean it's tough but everyone goes through it and actually by sort of hearing other people's experiences I think it really just can be a little bit comforting to know especially if they've come through the other side and they're doing really well and they can say look you'll get through it you'll be all right try this try that see what works for you but but you know you can do this I think that's really helpful and just Gives you like a virtual hug, which I think we all need at the moment. Oh, God, yeah. That's the the thing that I miss most is hugging people. I mean, you know, obviously I I hug my family, but, you know, I I can't hug anybody else. So it's, you know, just your friends and it's just... You know, it's it's a bit of a dating nightmare at the moment, isn't it, really? So... (laughs) Well, dating, I mean, oh my goodness, I mean, Boris has made it illegal to have sex with someone you don't live in the same household with. I mean, that's that's quite a shocker for, I mean, whilst I totally get why, and it's the right thing to do with the pandemic, and we've all got to follow the rules, it's a pretty tough one for the singletons out there. Um, so yeah, I've had quite a few comments and people saying, I'm really struggling. Um, you know, if you're not if you're dating, but you're not living with your partner, you know, it can be quite tough right now. You can feel very isolated and alone, but you're not alone because there's lots of people going through it. And, you know, the dating apps are, you know, doing a roaring trade right now. Lots of people are on there. So if you are at home on your own, then dating apps are a good way to virtually meet people and connect and have a bit of a flirt and chat and dip your toe into that dating pond. And it will just boost your confidence a little bit and let you know that you're not alone. There's lots of people out there. A lot of freaks and weirdos, absolutely, but just be aware that they're out there and just swipe left. And even if you don't realise, learn quick, (laughs) don't make the same mistakes, but just have fun. I think it's important that we're all out there having a bit of fun and trying to get that sparkle back where we can. I think that's key. So is there a Mr. Right in your life at the moment or a Mr. Somebody in your life at the moment? There is somebody in my life, but obviously I don't live with them. So again, that's just a long distance thing, waiting for the vaccinations to take part, take hold now so we can get on to actually going on dates again. But yeah, yeah, there is. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, I mean, at the moment, I've been single for quite a long time, actually. And I think learning to be happy on your own is the most important thing. And then once you're once you've learned to be okay on your own and you're not sort of doing what a lot of my clients when I first meet them are doing sort of finding a partner based on two criteria the first one being they have a pulse and the second one being they show them one sign of affection and they go sort of limpet mode just suck into this poor person saying oh I found someone I'm never going to be alone again yeah that doesn't really work so you know learning to to you know be comfortable with who you are um is key and that can be a bit of a journey um it doesn't mean you can't have fun along the way but you know I think it's important to really establish who you are and what you want and what you need um need being the important one we all know what we want you know could be tall dark handsome short blonde blue eyes but what do you need you know and that goes back to when we were talking about emotional intelligence or you know somebody that 
maybe can pick you up when you feel low. So those are the things that are really important to you. So looking for that in a partner is key. Um, so once you've learned those lessons, I think it's a little bit easier. But I think dating at the moment is really hard for a lot of people, but you can still have a bit of fun. So it's important to be out there doing that. What about you? Are you dating at the moment? I'm talking to a really good friend of mine and he's male. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sounds exciting too. (laughs) Yeah. I I think, you know, obviously, you know, like you, I'm stuck in a situation where, you know, I'd be breaking the law. So, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So I I think, you know, especially during this pandemic, I've found that, you know, my, my friend's, some of my friends are very close and they're like family. So yeah. you know, I, I think that's more important to me now that, you know, I can feed my emotional soul rather than anything else. So, you it's know. It's a good time to focus on you and to do that, you know, that personal development while we've got this time and looking at it as an opportunity for that. So when we come out of this, you're you know, a little bit more balanced and a little bit more confident, a little bit happier with yourself is, is important. And then you'll be in a better place, I think, to attract the right partner and and not just partner, because that's not essential. It could be the right opportunities, you know, new friendships or work opportunities, lots of different things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, people have to think that, as I said, you know, there is a valuable thing that I have learned that friendship is you know, I mean, I've always valued my friendships, but this whole pandemic has just made me feel so grateful and lucky that I have the group of friends that I've got. And I just think it's amazing. I, You know, it sounds like, you know, I never knew I had them before, but it, it, it's those little things, isn't it, it? Really, that just keep you going through. So one last question before I let you go um right so do you try when you work with people to do you know your coaching do you try and set a time limit with them where you can get them to move on or do you just go with the flow what how do you work with that well I think that you have to tailor everything to the individual so yeah everybody's different everyone's motivated by different things everybody enjoys different things and you know it it does depend on your personality some people are at the stage where they're like look I just I just I'm ready for it just to help me tip the balance I've I've let go of my ex I don't want to be with them anymore or I accept that I'm not going to get back with them I just need to power through and get on with my life and other people are at the stage where they're just in massive overwhelm they're really hurting they're crying a lot it's just those initial days and that and that takes time you know there are things you can do definitely to speed up the process. Time alone, whilst it's a good healer, it can drag on and on. And if you don't resolve the issues, they'll keep showing up in, in the future. So, you know, it's a combination of both, but you know, everybody's different. So, you know, I work very much with the individual. And obviously, my, my job is to empower you to get through this as fast as you possibly can. But that will obviously vary from person to person. Mm, yeah, no. Well, thanks. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on Tea Time. It's been lovely to chat to you as always. And, you know, perhaps next time um, or in the future, we can meet up and have a proper cup of coffee or something or a drink. Yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's go for 
Let's go for a drink. I'll tell you that one. We'll meet up one night and go go for a drink, and uh, you can tell me all about this new guy. And hopefully, your divorce will be through by then. <laughs> yeah, so there'll be something to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I'm in. <laughs> thanks, yeah. Ali. I really appreciate being guest on your show. It's awesome. I love it. So thank you so much. No worries at all. You take care. Stay safe. Bye. Look forward to chatting with my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa this time next Saturday. In the meantime, if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me, you can reach me on teatime at forthenow.co.uk where you can find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on Tea Time with AM. Bye for now.